This morning on the third hour of today, final goodbye. The people of Britain welcoming their queen home one last time. Thousands already lining up for the chance to honor Queen Elizabeth II. And we're live in London with the emotional day ahead. Plus, out of this world, a NASA trailblazer, Dr. Ellen Ochoa, is here in studio looking back on an incredible career and sharing how she's passing on her passion for space to the next generation of scientists. And Craig getting the dirt on what happens before kickoff. It needs to be broken down, broken in with uh, brush, uh, mud, and all that stuff. Mud? Yeah, mud. He's taking us inside the game with an NFL equipment team today, Wednesday, September 14th, 2022. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. And a good Wednesday morning to you. Welcome to this third hour of today. Craig here with Al Chanel. Dylan's on assignment. We are watching history unfold this morning in London. Queen Elizabeth's coffin leaving Buckingham Palace for the last time, making a, a solemn trip to Westminster Hall where Her Majesty is going to be lying in state. Hundreds of thousands are expected to pay their respects over the next four days. Today's senior international correspondent, Keir Simmons, is live for us at Westminster Hall. So, Keir... What can we expect to see there today? Well, we're in the heart of history here, Craig. Right behind me, we're right outside Westminster Hall, 900 years old, built uh, by the son of William the Conqueror, Conqueror uh, Queen Elizabeth's ancestor, and her coffin will be carried on a gun carriage to here from Buckingham Palace in scenes that will be both pomp and ceremony and an enormous amount of emotion. The, the crowds along the line, along the route, uh, are deep. Uh, they are waiting to see for themselves their queen. And then, of course, there is going, there, as you mentioned, a line uh, that will be able to go and see her for a few moments when she is here lying in state. But I think, you know, Craig, one of the, one of the most moving parts of all this will be watching Charles and his sons William and Harry, and let's not forget the Queen's only daughter, Anne, walking behind that coffin as they did for Princess Diana and for the Queen Mother back in 2002. That will be that moment when the private and the public come together in royal life. And, you know, Craig, we aren't going to be able to say this for much longer, but you can imagine that they and, and the members of the military and even the public here will all be doing their best for queen and country. And, and Kier, you know, there are going to be hundreds of thousands of people over the next few days for this viewing. Uh, the mood yeah. there in London and in the UK in general, uh, it would seem that there's this, this coming together, even though no matter what people feel about the, the monarchy, there seems to be this, this respect being paid. That's right, Al. I think there's a quiet reflection even where we are now, and we're waiting to cover, the, of course, broadcast this procession, uh, the media around me, it, it's hushed voices. Because I think everybody understands this moment, not just as historic, but as so meaningful because of the service that, that uh, the Queen gave. And, you know, Al, if you just think about anyone watching who's lost a loved one, 
in the days afterwards, uh, there are those moments when family come together and they're the, the, any friction, any tensions, those just get put aside, don't they? They put, 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 yeah. get put on pause. Perhaps they uh, don't go away, but, but that, I think that that's really speaks to how the royal family are doing right now because it's incredible, isn't it? And, it, and it's, it's very touching, actually, to see uh, Harry and Meghan included in all of this as, as they are. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what the royal family are, are going through right now and also, actually, the wider, the wider country. But it is... It is a time when you get to say thank you, and you know, in the end, and so many people are saying it, you will not have that chance again. But you know, uh, uh, to, to that point, Kier, uh, unlike many of us who have lost a loved one, we don't have to grieve in public uh, as as the royal family yeah. does. That's right, and I think everybody watching uh, William and Harry walk behind the Queen's casket will be thinking of that same moment when they walked behind their mother's casket mm. and think a little deeper about it. The Queen was the one who consoled them after their mother died at Balmoral. That's how much she, that's why they were so close to her. That's why, how much she means to them. And we've talked about it. Duty and service means that even in those most terror, uh, most harrowing personal moments, those moments of, of honest and, and true grief, you have to show a face of stoicism, I suppose you could say. You, 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 have to, you have to perform because you are a member of the royal family. You know, I mentioned Princess Anne, the Queen's only daughter, who put out a, a really moving statement talking about spending the last 24 hours with the Queen. And she is an, an example of that. She, she really is, um, she is so strong uh, and determined, and you see that in her face, and I think you'll see that today I suspect we will also see some emotion from some of the members of the royal family. How can you, how can you hold it in? But for, with Princess Anne, it's like mother, like daughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a nice picture there, Princess oh, Anne nice. um, and her mom. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Keir, our thank senior you, international Keir. correspondent outside Westminster Abbey there, Keir Simmons. All right, let's bring in Sky News anchor and NBC News contributor Wilfred Frost. He is at Buckingham Palace for more of the significance of today's procession. Good morning to you. Good morning. Well, people from around the country and the world have been coming out to show their support and their love for Queen Elizabeth as she's led to Westminster Hall there. Can you talk about just for a moment the significance of today's procession? Well, yes. Yeah, so as uh, Keir was mentioning, it, it will be full of uh, pomp and ceremony, uh, a precise uh, procession to Westminster Hall. And, uh, of course, uh, there will be family members behind there, too, in a very solemn uh, tone throughout despite uh, that uh, significant, uh, significant pomp and ceremony. What, what I would point out is that this is formally meant to be the moment that the family itself and the royal household hands over the coffin, hands over their mother to the state and will be received by the officers of state at Westminster Hall, of course, the seat of British democracy. And then in the days that follow, we then lead up to that state funeral uh, when the nation will put her to rest. And again, you're seeing that intertwining, as you were discussing with Keir, uh, of a family saying goodbye and a nation saying goodbye. So, Wilfred, Keir touched on this uh, just a little bit ago. Uh, we are going to see William and Harry uh, walking behind that coffin. And, of course, you have to think about uh, them walking behind their own mother's casket years ago, Harry talking about how painful that was. Uh, what is this? What is the significance going to be, and and what do you think the emotions are going to be as people watch these two brothers? 
I mean, it's certainly going to evoke those memories of when they were 12 and 15 doing something very similar, as, as you said. And in fact, it already is evoking those memories. And we haven't even seen them uh, do it again this, this second time. Uh, clearly, this week, uh, they're coming together where possible. And uh, many, of course, wondering whether there can be a more profound potential catalyst to help them reconcile their differences. But, you know, sadly, there have been other similarly profound catalysts that uh, haven't uh, helped them sort out their differences. I, I do think the key thing, though, I, I put it the other way around, is they're not letting their differences dominate. They're not letting them distract. They both know that this uh, week is all about their grandmother and are making sure there are no distractions. And you'd have to add to that as well the way that uh, Harry has graciously uh, accepted the fact that he's not going to be wearing military un uniform, which seems a bit unfair, but he's just getting on with it because he knows this week is not about him. You know, to that point, Wilfred, can you help folks understand why that's the case, why he's going to be wearing that, that, that the morning suit, as it's called, instead of his military uniform? Well, Craig, we, we, a lot of us have been scratching our heads on that. Not, in fact, because he's not wearing military uniform, given that he's no longer a serving active member of the military, nor still carrying those ceremonial uh, royal military titles. That would, uh, the norm, mean that uh, he wouldn't wear military uniform. I think what's uh, surprised people is that uh, Prince Andrew, who, of course, uh, is in a similar boat, no longer an active serving member, though he once was, uh, and no longer carrying ceremonial titles. He is wearing military uniform, uh, we're told, as a special mark uh, of respect. That's turned heads. It does seem uh, unfair on Harry. But again, uh, the family itself, but the nation as a whole, is not getting too caught up in it because, uh, again, the focus is on Her Majesty the Queen. Well, and they'll be together, and as, of course, she would want. Yeah. Right. Yes. Wilfred Frost, live at Buckingham Palace. As always, thank you. All right, thank you, Wilfred. And coming up, we're going to take a turn. We're going to talk with a space pioneer, a groundbreaking former NASA astronaut who's now showing kids how science is all around them. And then later, we've got a big star right here in our studio. Yay. We're going to be talking with Zazie Bates, catching up on her biggest roles in the final season of Atlanta as the third hour of today continues. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. National Hispanic Heritage Month begins tomorrow. So this morning, we're going to sit down with a trailblazer right here on Earth and beyond. We're going to talk all things space with Dr. Ellen Ochoa in just a moment. But first, her incredible journey so far. Dr. Ellen Ochoa's life has been marked by some out-of-this-world firsts. In 1993, becoming the first Hispanic woman to go to space. Liftoff of Discovery on the... Serving on a nine-day mission aboard the space shuttle Discovery. 
looking at some great views of South America. She returned to space three more times in all, totaling nearly 1,000 hours in orbit. After rising through the ranks at NASA, Dr. Ochoa became the first Hispanic director of the Johnson Space Center. Later, inducted into the United States Astronaut Hall of Fame, alongside the likes of Neil Armstrong and Sally Ride. And now Dr. Ochoa is dedicated to inspiring the next generation of scientists, helping children reach for the stars. And to that end, Dr. Ochoa is the author of a new children's book titled we are all scientists, mm. and she is here to tell us all about it. Dr. Ochoa, good to have you here. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Yeah. So, so as you pass this knowledge on uh, to, to the, this younger generation, why is it so important to do that, especially now? You know, I wanted to give kids the idea that the things they're naturally interested in, asking questions about the world and trying to understand it, that's exactly what scientists do. Mm. And maybe it'll give them the idea when they're really little that this is something that they could have as a career when they're older. Plant the seed early. Absolutely. So, you know, most people are familiar with STEM, science, technology, right. um, engineering, and math. I was about to say electricity. I'm like, no. <laughs> but now, <laughs> like Chanel. But now, and even my mom, she's an art teacher, uh -huh. right? So she pushes STEAM, which seems right. to be the, the thought there. So we had arts in the middle. And I just read, I didn't realize that you also play the flute. Yes. So you've got both sides of the brain. I got to play my flute in space on my first wow. session. That is awesome. <laughs> Talk about that, the combining the musical and artistic mm -hmm. side with the engineering side. Well, you know, I think kids have interests in a lot of different areas, and you definitely don't want to give the idea that if you go into science and math, somehow you have to give up uh, other things Absolutely. that you might be interested in. Mm -hmm. And really, they all involve curiosity and creativity. It's true. Let's talk about Artemis for a second. As you know, it's been mm -hmm. delayed twice. Now it looks like it's scheduled to, to happen on September 27th. Looking ahead to 2025, we're going to send the first woman, the first person of color to the moon. What does that, that promise mean to you? I think it really means that we're reaching out to everybody across the country and saying, this is your space program. Mm. Uh, it's a program that expands scientific knowledge. It helps develop new technologies and use them in new ways that can be applied on Earth. And NASA wants everybody to feel a part of that. Uh, it, you know, it's just going to be hugely exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in this end of the science careers, uh, it's National Hispanic Month starting tomorrow. Uh, as you look at your career and, and the, the folks coming up behind you, how, how excited are you about the future of this? This is a great time to be in human space exploration. You know, I was really lucky to come along at the time that I did when, first of all, women and, and per people of color be got to become astronauts, which wasn't true when I was little. And as I was at NASA, really, not only the astronaut corps, but all across NASA, there was a much more diverse workforce as the years went on. Mm -hmm. And so when I became director of Johnson Space Center, uh, you know, it wasn't unusual anymore yeah. for uh, somebody to be in that position. When it comes to exploring the frontier, <laughs> if you will, let's say 10 years from now or even the next generation, at its best, what do you hope that we will have had accomplished by then? Well, I want us to uh, have people on the moon to be under to be learning more about science and the history of the moon, which of course is the history of Earth as well, but also to be planting those seeds for future exploration. And of course, Mars is where uh, NASA wants to head. And I think the great thing about science for young people is learning its experimentation, yes. and that you can't have success without failure in <laughs> science. That's right. To teach some yeah. of our kids. That's that. part of it. For sure. All right, Dr. Good to have you, Dr. Thank Joe. you. Thanks Thank so you. much. The book is We Are All Scientists, and it's out right now.
All right, when we come back, Zessie Bates live in studio to fill us in on the final season of that wildly popular hit show, Atlanta. And then a little bit later, all the action that you really never get to see. We're going to go inside the game with an NFL equipment team that's responsible for everything from the cleats to the game balls and everything in between as well. Third hour of today, right back after That's this. huge. That's big. Our next guest is a force to be reckoned with. You know Zossie Bates from her roles as Domino, the luckiest superhero around in Deadpool 2 and Sophie in The Joker. That's right. Since 2016, Zossie, she starred in this hit show, perhaps you've heard of it, Atlanta. <laughs> the show's fourth and final season premieres this week. I love it. Zossie, good morning to you. Good morning. I was just telling you, congratulations. I mean, when this show hit, it was just all the rage. Everybody's buzzing yeah. about it. Sad to see it go. Yeah. Season three um, of Atlanta took place in Europe, and now this final season, um, the show returns to Atlanta. Can you give us a little bit about what to expect? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think of this season as sort of a coming home, you know, we had the fish out of water experience, mm -hmm. but we've all grown up, and I think the story and the feel and the heart of it reflects in the show. And so I want to say season four feels a little bit more heartful, grown up. Okay. And, um, yeah, we'll take it. And you actually completed filming last year, correct? Yeah, in October last year. So we did season three, season four back to back. What was it like coming to terms with that, that, that this good thing was going to come to an end? You know, I feel like we all knew that this wasn't a type of show that was going to peter out for 20 years, and I'm glad it feels like a healthy end versus sort of just letting it die, and now we can, like, joyfully move on to yes. other things versus just mourning this, you know, what once was. Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel really at peace now. I'm excited to just sort of celebrate this wave and, you know, I have a bunch of other stuff going on that I got to focus on, so, and I can move <laughs> on. You know, you, you started, posted something on Instagram that I think, you know, Craig has started, I think we're all going to just try to get in on. Uh, you had a, a, a piercing party. I did, <laughs> and a tattoo party. And a tattoo party. But I don't yes. see anything. Uh, oh, no, I got my piercings here. Okay, so piercings my seconds, there. yeah. Okay. So, so how did that come about? Um, well, we were all isolated in London together we had no family around and I think we all were just wanting a blood bond I don't know um, you know <laughs> so we just decided to like let's just do this so they all got the whole crew so it was me Donald, Hero, Brian, Keith, and then wow. some of the produce That's a big producers. Did you get yeah. matching tattoos? They all got matching tattoos. I said I didn't want a tattoo, and okay. so I was like, get a piercer. Okay. So, then I so no tats. You have no tats. No, I have no tats. Okay. okay. But you're open to it. Why did, what, why did you go there? I was curious because she, she was at a tattoo bar. I mean, I think they're beautiful and cool, yeah. but I, I just, I know myself, I can't commit right to something you. like that. So forever. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned that you have a lot going on. I think this is, I mean, your career is on a high right now. Not only are you starring in Atlanta, um, but I was just reading you have a role in Brad Pitt's most recent film, Bullet Train. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that and what was it like working with him? Oh, my gosh. Well, also, I mean, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, who's also oh, in Atlanta, yes. it stars in Bullet yes. Train, too. Um, I mean, he's a dream. There's a reason he's a star. Yeah. <laughs> he's charismatic, nice, really talented. Yeah. He has it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was really... As an actor, I think what's cool is you get to work with people and learn from them. Like, I feel bad for people like directors who are always alone yeah. and never can watch their peers do work. And so, I mean, just watching him improv, I, I was just, yeah, it was fun, it was great. And David Leach, 
who did Deadpool 2, oh. was a director. You just surround all sorts of talent. Wow. Yeah. Speaking yes. of talent, uh, uh, you know, Joker, uh, mm. it, are, are you prepping for a sequel? Um, I can't really say much you about could. that. You could. You could, absolutely. <laughs> because we're just us. <laughs> no one's yeah, yeah, you're right. right. Um, well, between just us, yeah. I can't really say. Uh, okay. <laughs> like if we went and, and, and got piercings together, could you tell us? <laughs> yeah, that would up the, the trust. Would you, would you get a Joker tat? What is up with you with these tattoos? You, you, like you need to get some tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he, he does, but you don't yeah, want to show it out. Thank you so much. Thank and seriously, you. congratulations. Yes. The next time Thank you come you back, guys. we'll talk about her skincare regimen because I'm dying. I was right thinking now. we were going to talk about the Joker, She's but like, I guess well, that too. Uh, the fourth and final season of Atlanta premieres this Thursday at 10 on FX. Coming up, we are going inside the game to show you all of the really hard work that goes on behind the scenes for an NFL team. And you're going to see why mud. Yes, Mud. He's actually a quarterback's best friend for a lot of these guys. Third hour today, right back after this. Craig uses it on his skin. I have I've used Mud. The NFL season kicked off last week with the Buffalo Bills taking down the defending Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams. So all this season, we're going to be bringing you a really great series called Inside the Game. It's a behind-the-scenes look at the folks we don't see who make the NFL possible. And there would not be a game without the equipment that I found out uh, that I felt firsthand, really, when we set up the Bills equipment staff just to see how they prepare for a big game on the other side of the country. Domination in California as the Buffalo Bills won big over the Los Angeles Rams to start the NFL season last week. But the action started long before kickoff with the Bills equipment staff unloading about 15,000 pounds of gear they shipped from Buffalo. That gear includes about 100 helmets, 100 pairs of shoulder pads, 200 pairs of cleats, and 700 pairs of receiver gloves. The man in charge of it all, Jeff Mazurik. I read that you started as a ball boy. Correct, in training camp, yeah. 15 years old. Yeah. So this is all. We dropped in on Jeff and his staff in Buffalo as they got ready for the preseason game in North Carolina. When we load the truck for a road game, it looks like it's chaos, but it's organized for sure. Organized chaos. Yeah. You've got it down to a science. Yeah. That science includes watching one of their greatest opponents, the weather. Every day, the first thing I do wake up, I check, you know, I check my app, the weather app. You know, playoffs were tough too. It was like super cold with the wind chill, and I was like minus 20 or something like that. So that was tough. It's just having everything ready for the guys. Equipment manager Spencer Hawes keeps tabs on everything that makes it on the trucks or planes to an away game. And you checklist everything. So everything that goes on the truck. Everything that goes on the truck, everything we do, that's kind of my job. Jeff calls me Captain Clipboard, yeah. Captain Clipboard, I like that. The staff knows where every piece of equipment is. One of the most important jobs is prepping the football for all pro quarterback Josh Allen. The team gets about 500 balls a year, and it's the job of Austin Scoble to work each one into shape. Josh doesn't like to use the, it straight out of the bag. It needs to be broken down, broken in with uh, brush, uh, mud, and all that stuff. Mud? Yeah, mud. Why do we use mud? It just helps break down the leather and uh, make it more grippy. Austin teaches me how it's no, done. First, you brush off the top coating on the leather, then you rub the mud into it and let the ball sit for 24 hours. Wow, so that's that's 24 hours of waiting. Then you rub that off. 
Austin does this for between 300 and 500 balls every season. The end result? So this is a, like a potential game ball. Correct. Yeah, it's ready for Josh to see if he likes it or not and see if he wants to use it in the game. Josh had a pretty good season last year. Yeah. Was, is there a part of you that, that takes a little bit of credit for it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's not his arm, you know. <laughs> it's not his arm, no. Yeah. I told Austin, I said, you know, Josh had a pretty good season last year. Feels like maybe you should be getting more of the credit. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You can't just have a ball out of the box. Like, it's got to be put through the ringer and tested and tried. Josh Allen and all pro linebacker Von Miller know just how hard the equipment staff works. It's a lot of time that's involved, you know, early mornings, late nights to, to help us get ready. They do a lot to get us ready before the, before the clock starts, after the clock starts. It, it takes a full team, and we've got a great one. Josh, what do you make of the, uh, the equipment guys? Yeah, obviously, I've been with most of the guys here for four years now, and they keep getting better each and every year. So during the game, I mean, you have to look really hard to see the equipment staff on the sidelines. But Jeff and his team, they say that, you know, that, that's, that's a good thing. If you yeah. see them, then something, something has gone wrong. Sure, that's true. And so uh, they're all so gracious. And many of the staff from the Buffalo area, as you saw, I mean, I'd say probably three-quarters of the folks who work on the team uh -huh. like, grew up in the area. And yeah. they don't just fans. work for the Bills. That's, great. So that's cool. And you're oh, fans yeah. of the game, and now you're working for your favorite uh, team. And when you are a Bills fan, you are. Hardcore. It, it, that's for life. Oh, it's a religion. Yeah, that's it's awesome. a religion. So, and they look great last week. So Josh Allen. And those guys can keep it up. We might see them in the Super Bowl. That was great. I'm happy we're doing this series because we see the players, yes. but there's just so much more to the NFL. And you're going out, too. And I'm heading to Denver. All right. Yeah, I'm heading out this weekend. Go see Russell Wilson's yeah. new home. Okay. All right. Just ahead, uh, we are turning our attention back to the royal family for our series, This Is Today. The stories that are buzzing online, like why isn't King Charles wearing a crown yet? <laughs> we'll get into that. And then in Today Food, it's pasta night. We are cooking family style. And Al... There will be bacon. Oh, my man Sam Sifton's Thank got you. us covered. We'll be right back. Oh, yeah. We are back with another edition of This Is Today. We talk about some of the top trending and buzzworthy series on Today.com. This morning, we are going to focus on the royal family and Queen Elizabeth II. And here with more is Today Digital Editorial Director Ariana Davis. And you can see these stories now by scanning the QR code you see right there on the screen. Ariana, good morning. Hello. So here's a, a woman, a, a monarch, who lived 96 years. Mm. And, you know, you look at their, her lifestyle, which was a lot of outdoors, a lot of, a lot of activity. What were some of the things that we found that, that led to that healthy lifestyle? Yeah, you know, a lot of people think genetics because her mom lived to be 101. But mm. um, our, we actually talked to some experts that say genetics really only plays about 20% into your longevity really? and, life, and your lifespan. It's really more about healthy lifestyle habits. So the queen drank tea every morning and every afternoon. Earl Grey tea, which we know has a lot of health oh. benefits. Oh, wait, um, we have she some? also, yes, some tea for you guys this morning. Thank okay. you very much. Mm. This is very fitting don't, to talk about the royals. Don't spill the tea. Oh, I, oh. I like to sip the tea. That's what, she, like that's what she's tea. here for. <laughs> I am, that's true. Um, and she also was a fan of dark chocolate, which we know has oh, a lot of dark uh, properties because of antioxidants well, and things like that. Whole plate. And I like Oops. the I like the pinky there, Craig. You like yeah. <laughs> Very Figure fancy. Out. Thank Figure you. So you know what I also thought was interesting? There's this article with some facts about the queen that people might not have known about. And I thought it was interesting. They even talk about what she received as a wedding gift. Yeah. So we, you know, did a little digging into yeah. just fun facts about her as we look back at her legacy and um, back when she married Prince Philip in 1947, this kind of puts it in perspective that it was a much different time 
one of the wedding gifts that they received was a sewing machine, which wow. can you imagine? You're like, what should I get the Queen of England and for her wedding gift? And that's the thing, is gift? she gonna be sewing? Like, what would make? Exactly, yeah. We, we found some other, I mean, she. there's a lot of fun facts. There were 14 US presidents during her time yeah. as the longest reigning monarch. Um, but a fun one I thought was that her first Instagram post wasn't until 2019. Oh, wow. she, yeah, and she, she got on the app by posting like a, a throwback letter from her great-great-grandfather. And That's it was amazing. very queen-like, but it was, it was, it was a, a nice entree into, into Instagram for that the That was a year before Craig got on it. That, that's actually true. <laughs> There's some truth to that. Ariana, a lot of folks have been asking on, on, the, on the interwebs about the, the, the crown. Interwebs. Why isn't Charles wearing his crown yet? Mm. Yeah, so he is officially King Charles, but he won't wear the crown until the official coronation oh. ceremony, which there is no official date yet. And the queen actually, it took over a year before the queen had her own coronation ceremony, which if you watch The Crown, this was like a very good episode. Oh, yeah. Um, but it took some time for her to have her actual coronation ceremony. So we don't know when King Charles will have his yet, but it could be a year, it could be months. We we don't know for sure, but that's when we'll see him wearing the actual but crown. It's heavy. This is great video, by the way. Yeah, yeah this is good throwback. Amazing. The first televised coronation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How was it there? It was pretty good. It was in black and white. The world was still black and white then. It hadn't turned color. And her funeral will also be the first uh, of a monarch, the first televised funeral as well. So oh, she's made a lot of history when it comes to just her, her reign being on television. I thought this was interesting, something we don't really talk about with the queen. I didn't know about this. Astrology. Yes. What's the connection there? So our, our reporter, Lana Nicolau, is obsessed with astrology, and she interviewed Peggy Thornton, who was, who's an astrologist that's worked a lot with the royals, including Princess Diana, mm -hmm. and she has really studied the birth chart of the queen. Are you guys familiar with birth, birth charts no. at all? No. So it's essentially the snapshot of where the stars and the planets were at the exact moment you were born. And if you look at it, it can tell a lot about your life and what to expect. Wait, those are, those are the things that people are printing out now, and they're putting them in frames, yes. like with the day you were born, yep. this is your star chart. This is the queen's birth chart. So yeah. This hers. is the queen's birth chart. So even now, if you look at it, Peggy, she, Penny says that you can see she was destined for leadership. You can also see some very key traits that she was destined to like animals and nature, which we know obviously came true about the queen, um, and that she was someone who was going to have a, just a lot of leadership qualities in, in her life. So and, and they were able to glean all of that from the yes, circle the Yeah, it's all about seeing what planets and stars and what houses you're stars. in. No, I mean, that'd be the circle. <laughs> the thing, and the pentagram and all that able, stuff. We should do that. I, I I'd to. be very fascinated. We should do, I would love to. So, can we do yeah. that? Yeah. I was born under the sign of eggs. It's really <laughs> <laughs> Al, you're a Leo like me, so we're known to be like, we love a little attention. We it's love. Amazing. No. Yes, that's, that's a Leo quality. You're I'm Aries. I'm the queen. I'm April 19th. Yeah, so you're an Aries. You're known for like intense energy, but optimism. And oh, you're a Taurus, true. like yeah. my sister. So you are known to be grounded and very Archie? reliable. <laughs> reliable and grounded. Reliable. In other words, Why old and cranky. Like, I, love, I, I love astrology, but we also do a lot of astrology on today.com. So you can head there for we more. Did, well, we we yeah. come back for that. Yeah, I want to see my chart. Yeah. I don't know if we do. <laughs> we may not want I mean, to. it's been done. It's, it's wow. been written at this point. So it is. Moving on, Ariana. So that has been so much Thank fun. You. you always Cheers. bring Thanks it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. We love that. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, for more, you can head to today.com or you can sign up for our new This Is Today newsletter by scanning the code on your screen. You'll get the latest in news, pop culture, and more right to your email every morning. You that know what good. email is, right? I am familiar with the, <laughs> with the electronic mail. <laughs> the web. Next, we are in the kitchen with a pasta night for your entire family, a recipe inspired by a hit show. We'll explain when we come right back. 
Listen up, true crime fans. It's a big murder trial underway. This Dateline is launching a new podcast with Andrea Canning. Welcome to Dateline True Crime Weekly. We'll cover breaking crime news around I mean, the country. It is the twists, the turns, the With craziness. the best reporters on the case, NBC News analysts, and Dateline producers on the ground. Break it down for us. Just You'll as- get fresh insights and behind-the-scenes scoops from crime scenes to courtrooms. That is bizarre. Stay in the, the know and up yes, to date. So tell us what he said. It Follow Dateline True Crime Weekly to get new episodes starting Thursday. Wherever you get your podcasts. Join Hoda Kotfi for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We are back with Today Food, cooking up a fantastic pasta dish with assistant managing editor of the New York Times and founder of New York Times Cooking, Sam Sifton. And he is gearing up for the New York Times Food Festival. It's coming back October the 8th. I'm so excited. Uh, Sam's going to be moderating a special panel with the cast and crew of the FX hit show, The Bear. Uh, So we decided to make a spin on a family-style meal from the show with Sam's Amatriana. On, on the, the fly, fly, on the fly, which okay. is from the show. But what I love about your column, you talk about this concept, and this is what we're going to do. It's a no recipe recipe. That's right. What do you mean? What I mean by that is you don't have to follow the rules all the time. Uh-huh. You just have to kind of start with a prompt mm. and get going. Okay. And, and, and I provide the prompt, and then you make it however you like it. Mm. But you add lib. You add lib. Okay, so what so are we starting add with? Yes, yeah, absolutely, okay. especially is, if it's bacon. This is bear adjacent. Okay. This is not bear cooking. <laughs> okay. I'm not carmy. Right. This is bear adjacent. So we've got some slab bacon here uh-huh. that I Yum. chopped up for that little tease, and we're going to get it into a pan with some olive oil, and we're just going to let that get going and render some fat. About how much bacon? I like a lot of bacon. I do, Is too. that enough bacon? <laughs> yes, a lot of bacon for is it? good. So yeah. a lot of bacon mm-hmm. going. I and mean, we're just going to let that render, render, render. Okay. Mm. And if when you don't use bacon, it's mm. Well, traditionally, it was made with guanciale, the oh. hog jowl bacon. Right. But I've done it with salami. I've done it with pepperoni. Okay. Any cured meat, right? So we got that going. Next, we're going to get some onions. Okay. That's going to help us with our sauce. What's your tip for cutting onions? I go across. Uh-huh. And then down the middle. Okay. Right? And always leave that guy right there, that okay. root end. Yeah. Right? That'll leave hold, him there? That'll hold everything together oh. as you're cutting. Pro tip. Got it? Pro tip. Pro, Pro tip. tip. All right. So into that rendered bacon. Ah. Uh, oh my goodness. Secret ingredient. Fat is flavor, my friend. Yes, oh, my God. Is. So we got that going. And we'll get mm-hmm. that down pretty low. Uh-huh. Let it go until it's pretty caramel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Now we're going to build the sauce out. Mm. We've got some canned chopped tomatoes, right. which are going to go in there. If, if, you, you, if, if you've had some like a, a good harvest of garden tomatoes, could you use fresh? You definitely could do that, but I like those garden tomatoes raw. Mm. You know, yeah. on a, like a bruschetta or yeah. something, uh, okay. Okay. salad, a tomato watermelon salad. That's always delicious. Mm. So this guy goes and goes and goes and goes and builds up flavor. Mm-hmm. We've oh, made some good. pasta. Okay. okay. 
I've added some butter to that pasta. Okay. Why? Why? Because flavor. Flavor. I'm like, exactly. that's why this is so good. Right. You, 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 you got to pay attention. The, you know, yeah. you really want to get some nice plushness. And it's really like five ingredients, too. It's nothing. But it tastes so, it's so layered. And, and do you, can you, is there any pasta you could use? Or? Yeah, you could use a bucatini if you can find any, uh -huh. or a spaghetti, or, you know, you could do this with shells and have a pretty good time. Mm -hmm. So we get that going around. Right. Okay. And then what we're going to do when we're done mm -hmm. and we're happy with it is hit it with some Pecorino Romano. Oh, Pecorino okay. Romano. More flavor. Mm -hmm. More Try flavor. This. Some red pepper flakes. Oh. Okay. And some chopped parsley because. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Did you add the pasta water to that as well? I'll add a little bit of pasta water okay. in there just to loosen things up if it gets tight. It's delicious. Okay. Hey, Sam, talk, talk to us about uh, the festival coming up. Uh, oh, yeah. We're really excited. Um, we started the festival a couple years ago. We missed a year or two mm -hmm. because of the pandemic, and now we're back in Damrush Park in Lincoln Center. We're going to have a ton of great chefs coming in. Mm -hmm. We sold out tickets in the first tranche, but wow. we're putting a new set on on September 22nd for sale. And then for those who can't make it to New York, we're going out on the road with some oh, of our, with oh, Melissa wow. Clark and oh, others, some of our best of our chefs. Faves. And we're going to cook with some of America's greatest chefs on the road. And you That's can cook awesome. at home with cooking kits from the New York Times store. That's awesome. Right. Al always good, raves good about recipes. It's, the, biggest customer. It's, it's, it's the thing that I, I go to all the time, right after uh, today food. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough. The New York Times cooking, we're giving you a run. This there is you go. fantastic. Sam Sifton, always love when you're here. Thanks so, so much. Good. Uh, chickens for the New York Times Food Festival, available, as Sam mentioned, on September 22nd. Third hour today, I'll be right I back. I keep this whole mm. thing. Good. Right. Mm. But you're right. Oh, man, we're still talking about uh, this. It's so good. Uh, coming up tomorrow in the third hour today, we're going to go inside this housing market, tell you whether it's better to rent or to buy. Coming up on Hoda and Jenna, Seinfeld star Jason Alexander. By the way, don't forget, scan that QR code to sign up for our This Is Today newsletter. You'll get the latest news, pop culture, and a lot more delivered to your email. Every morning QR code is right there. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Have a great day. Make this bye, for dinner bye. tonight.